Well, good morning, church. How are we? Are we well? Man, I'm a mess. <laughs> I'm a mess already. I, uh, my name's Jordan, as Pastor Sam said. Um, and you guys can grab your seats, please. Go for it. And uh, one thing I, I, I've worked out just recently, and it's just done me dirty there, is um, I never, ever used to be an emotional person. I never, ever was a crier. Uh, but what I've learned being under um, Pastor Sam and Pastor Hannah um, is, is when the Holy Spirit speaks and w- when he opens things up and starts to change things in your life, it's okay to cry a bit. So I'll probably cry a couple times today, but uh, we'll see how we go. But um, I am so, so pumped. In fact, one of the first conversations I ever had with Pastor Sam, real quick, was uh, I went into his office. He goes, Jordan, there's something that we need to quickly talk about. Um, Talking to you is like talking to a brick wall because I was emotionless, right? So I would just like, I was a ministry bulldog, bulldozer, right? I would just like try and like do things for God without stopping and being healthy. And so it was actually through Pastor Sam and Pastor Hannah that it brought a lot of health and restoration into my life. And so I'm really excited for where we're going as a church family. Uh, I think. Uh, We've got some incredible leaders in this church, and Pastor Mark and Michelle, oh my goodness, aren't they just the best? I love them dearly. I feel like Pastor Mark's like my dad, and I've met him like three times, so that's crazy, uh, but I, uh, I love those guys, and I'm so honored to be preaching today uh, and bringing the word, but are you expectant today? See, I, I felt in worship just before that there was something stirring, there's something fresh that's coming through, and, and obviously we can naturally and practically pin it to certain things that are happening in the church and maybe it's name changes and and different demographics coming through and different things changing but I think spiritually God is doing something fresh there is something stirring in this church and so I'm so privileged I'm so honored to be able to preach today Uh, and uh, like Pastor Sam said uh, we are finishing off our summer session series some say summer session series Oh, tongue twister. Love it, love it, love it. Now say it five times really quick. No, um, we're finishing it off, and uh, it's week four. So week one, we heard from Pastor Matt. That was an incredible message. Week two was Pastor Cam. Week three was Pastor Garrett. And week four today is me. So we're going to close it off with an absolute boom, okay? Are you ready for that? We write in notes. We got our notebooks out. We got phones. Awesome. Cool. What we're going to do, we're going to kick off in uh, Genesis chapter 12. Uh, And when I'm speaking to youth, I usually say chapter 12, it's easy to find because it's after chapter 11 and before chapter 13. So if you need that, it's there. Uh, If you don't have a Bible on you, the big electronic Bible is going to pop up behind me. Uh, But it says this, and, and this is God speaking to Abram. And this exchange that happens, this conversation that happens is a really, really pivotal one, a really powerful one, one that speaks into Abram's future and in reality into our future and who we are today. And so God has this encounter, this this moment with Abram and it says this, Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 5. The Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. Then he declares this over Abram, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I'll make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. 
Verse four goes on to say, so Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all his possessions that they had accumulated and the people that he had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan. And then they arrived there. Before we move on today, before we pray, before we get into the, the, the nitty-gritty of this message, I want you to underline, I want you to highlight, I want you to italic, I want you to bold the word go. Someone say go. Now say it like you actually love church. Go. Awesome. Hey, let's pray. Father, right now, all across this room, I pray that you'd soften hearts. I pray that you'd open our ears, God, to hear from your presence. I pray, Father, that the next few moments would be words from you, God. They wouldn't be words from me. I pray that they would cut through anything that they need to cut through. So, God, we thank you for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're yet to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I did introduce myself briefly before I said my name is Jordan, but that's kind of the only context and the only details I gave you. So, real quick, my name is Jordan Michael Harris. I know my parents, Jordan Michael, they flipped it from Michael Jordan. Thank you for the bullying, mum and dad. Um, my name is Jordan Michael Harris, and there's a couple of things that I really, really love, right? So, one thing is, like Pastor Sam said a couple of years ago, uh, my brother and I, we opened up a coffee shop. Uh, in the middle of COVID, and that was crazy, and we'll get into the nitty-gritty and the story of that later on, but that was happening, so my, bro- my brother is my business partner, he couldn't be here today because sadly he's in Paris, um, <laughs> so that's happening, and then a couple of years ago, my wife and I decided to buy a dog, right? We bought a Groodle, so it's a golden retriever cross poodle, so in other words, he's intelligent, and he's got attitude of a poodle, but he's also an absolute goober because he's a golden retriever. My wife and my mum both think that we bought a dog that represents me, um, which is hilarious, right? But he's awesome. He is like a full-grown, huge teddy bear-looking dog. But, but can I just say, the best part and my favorite thing about my life is actually my wife, right? Oh, it rhymes. So good. Um, is my wife. We've been married for three years already, which has gone, it's flown by, and uh, we've been together in September for 10 years. Crazy. I know some of you are doing math right now. You're going, why did it take so long to get married? Quick story, I was heaps insecure. God saved me, and I got married, right? (laughs) So we've been married, and it's been a crazy journey, right? Because the whole COVID thing happened in the midst of all of that, and, and I'm, to say the least, I like communicating, but I'm not the best at it, right? So especially within our marriage, like I I say things and I kind of mean them. I kind of don't mean them. I'm kind of like a a gray sort of person. Whereas my wife, she's black and white. She's yes, no. And so what I've come to learn is that when my wife says something, she actually means it, right? Some of you are like, write that down. (laughs) But when Emma says something, she genuinely means it, right? So when she says, I'm hungry, it doesn't mean like, oh, let's kind of like sort it out. It means get some food right now, otherwise we're going to be dealing with something else, right? <laughs> when she says something, she means it. And, and there's a couple of words and a couple of phrases and a couple of like things that she strings together that sometimes kind of rattle me a little bit, right? <laughs> and there's, this, there's, this, there's these two words that she says sometimes that rattle me to my core, and they're simply, we're going, we're going, right? Or for those who don't like where, we're going to go with we are going, right? But she says, we're going. And uh, the thing with this is when she says it, 
often, I don't know where we're going, what we're going to, who we're going to see. Like, I don't know where we're going. But she'll be like, we're going. So it doesn't matter what I'm doing in that moment. I could be snacking on my favorite snack at the moment. Weird details here, but like Vegemite and butter cruskets. I go through phases where I love those things. And the perfect recipe is like 75% butter, 25% Vegemite. And if you don't believe me, let's fight in the car park after. Nah. <laughs> I could be eating my Cruskets and, and Emma will come up to me and she'll say, we're going. And I know in that moment, sorry, Cruskets, we're going. I got to drop them and go. And, 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 and it, I could literally be on a phone call to whoever, wherever. And soon as my wife says, we're going, I'm sorry, we're gone. I could be talking to Cristiano Ronaldo, the greatest athlete of all time. I could have somehow won a competition, one in two million people. I land that ticket. I get a FaceTime with Cristiano. But the second Emma says, we're going, sorry, Cristiano, bang, we're going. I could be on the verge of solving world hunger. I could be like, I'm almost there, I'm almost there, I'm almost there. But if Emma says, we're going, I'm sorry, we're going. So it doesn't matter what we're doing. When Emma says, we're going, we're going. And the word go, the word going has so much weight to it, you see. And so when we read about Abram having this encounter, this exchange with God, God is actually adding weight into the conversation by saying, Abram, go. See, go is a weighted word. It is a weighted word. And see, by definition, to go is to move, it's to advance, it's to step forward. And as I was preparing this message, I felt the Holy Spirit nudge me and say to the church, it's time to get going. It's time to hit go. It's time to move. It's time to advance. It's time to take a step forward in the things that God has called you into. It's time to hit go. What if I told you today that God might be calling you into a season of going? He might be saying, hey, I've dropped this dream on you. I've dropped this vision into your heart. Now it's time to hit Go. Now it's time to get going. But get this. This isn't a message about geography and the goes of geography. This isn't a message saying when God says go, it means you're moving interstate, you're moving across the world, you're going to Paris. Like it doesn't, I'm not talking about geography today. I'm talking about theology. I'm talking about the go that when God speaks it, do you have the belief that he will sustain it, that he has called you to it, that he will back you in it? It's not about geography, it's about theology today. God is asking you to hit go. See, when God speaks go and we step out in obedience, things change, things shift, things move, things happen. You see, go is stepping out in faith. Go is how we see change. Go is when breakthrough comes. And just like how God spoke to Abram, I believe that he's speaking over us as a church, go. Go. So for the next few moments, I want to share a message called, It's Time to Get Going. It's time to get going. You see, I I think we are in such a pivotal moment right now, right here. See, we're in January. We're at the start of a new year. New year, new me. Who's done their new year, new me? Kurong shop. Yeah, yeah, we've all done it. We've all been there. You're like, oh, new year, new me. I'll go buy 10 books I'll never read, right? But it's a new year. It's a really pivotal time in our lives, right? January. And even over the past three weeks, we've heard incredible words and had incredible messages about the dreams and visions that God is placing on our lives and who he's called us to be. But just like God has given you new dreams and new visions, I feel in my spirit that God is asking us to have a new conviction to go. 
Not just have the conviction to get dreams, to believe for more, but the, the conviction and the understanding that we need to move. We need to go. You see, a life following Jesus will always be marked by go. Someone say go. See, Jesus says time in, time out, all throughout Scripture, the word go. In John 5, when Jesus healed the man by the pool uh, in Bethesda, he says, go and sin no more. He says the same thing in John 8 to the lady caught in the act of adultery. Go and sin no more. He doesn't say stay, stay, and just keep living. He says go and sin no more. Go. In Luke chapter 10, after Jesus shares the parable of the Good Samaritan, he goes on to state to those listening, to those around him, now that you've heard this, go and do the same. Matthew 28, you may have never heard this one. You'll hear of it a lot, right, in the future. It's what we are called to do as Christians. It's the mandate. It's the Great Commission. But what does Jesus say in that very first sentence? Go and make disciples. Go. Jesus doesn't say stay. Jesus says go. I don't know about you, but when you're making disciples, when there's the call to discipleship, discipleship doesn't happen if you stay. Change doesn't happen if you stay. Breakthrough often doesn't happen when you stay. In fact, one of the only times Jesus said stay is actually when he asked the disciples to stay and wait for the Holy Spirit. But soon as they receive the Holy Spirit, there's a call to go. And I feel in my spirit today, there's people who are constantly like sitting in like the anointing, sitting in the vision, sitting in the calling, and almost like soaking up and getting spiritually obese when God has called you to go. There's a calling to go. So when God speaks to Abram in Genesis, he's actually setting up a template. He's giving us an example. He's showing us a picture that we can grab a hold of. You see, I don't know about you, but I'm glad that when God said it's time to go and get going, it's time to hit go, that Abram actually went. I don't know about you, but if Abram didn't go, I don't know where we would all be right now. See, it was in the going and the obedience that saw the plan and purpose for Abram actually come into fruition. There's some people in this room and you're frustrated and you're sitting there and you're saying still and, and you're going, God, why aren't you moving? God, why aren't you speaking? God, what's going on? But God is saying, go back to when I said go and go. Some of us right now, we're sitting here and we're going, God, give me a go. God already has, but we don't like that go. We want a different go. No, God, I don't want to serve those people. I don't want to go there. I want you to kind of like call me there. You know, in youth ministry, it's hilarious because like you have young people come up to you and they'll be like, God's told me I'm going to marry this person. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go over that side of the mosh pit and raise my hands next to her. <laughs> and it sounds so funny, but sometimes we are actually so similar with God. We, we say, God, I know you've called me a certain way. I know you've spoken and given me a vision and a dream for something, but really this kind of looks a bit more pleasing. This looks a bit more fun. This looks a bit more different. This looks a bit more my flavor. But who knows that God doesn't deal with your flavor. He, he deals with his faithfulness. He deals with his character. He speaks life over you. He calls you into new things, different things. He's calling you to go. And there's a couple of things that I want to share about today, a couple of principles that I've worked out uh, in my personal time with God and in my journey with God about going, right? See, going is such a strong 
word. It has weight. But there's a couple things that I want us to grab today. So my first point for today, if you're taking notes, is simply this. When we go, we often don't know. I'm rhyming again. (laughs) When we go, we often don't know. I love what it says. Genesis 12, what we just read, literally the um, the first verse there says, the Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. And what's crazy about this verse, if, if we skip over it, we'll miss it. But, but God gives Abram a go, but he doesn't give Abram a blueprint. He says, you go and I'll show. You go, I'll show. You go, I'll show, you don't know. He, he just says, go. He just says, Go. See, God didn't give Abram a blueprint. He didn't give him a game plan. He didn't give him a map. God just simply gave Abram a go. But here's the thing. We love details. We love them, right? We love them. Who loves details? Who's a detail person? Yep, 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 cool. You've all got your shared calendars and all that kind of stuff. Great, good for you. I'm praying that that anointing would fall on me one day. But we love details. And as a culture, we've actually been fixated and and turned to lean into details and see details as the significant part rather than the invitation. See, we become obsessed with the details. See, we allow the details of finance to determine our calling. God said go, but uh, God, I know you can see everything, but do you you see my BSB and account details? (laughs) See, we allow the details of our lives, and we allow FOMO, to dictate our lives. Now, FOMO is simply fear of missing out. And we go, oh my gosh, God, like, I know you've called me there, but I don't think you realize how, like, how really fun this one will be. <laughs> I don't want to miss out on that. But, but what we don't realize is that even throughout Scripture, it talks about that we are not put on this earth to please people, but to please God. But we can get wrapped up in the details, and we can allow FOMO to dictate our lives. We can allow the details of security to deter us from obedience. God, I don't think you understand, like, like everything's looking really good right now. It's looking really, really good. It, you're kind of messing with my mojo here, God, by calling me to do something. You're calling me to go, but God, I'm safe, I'm secure, things are good. We need to stop being obsessed with the game plan and start being obedient to the go. We need to stop being obsessed with the game plan and start being obedient to the go. And please, 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 someone say please. Please hear me out here, right? This is not a message about preparation, planning, and organization being a bad thing, right? Please hear me out. This isn't a message where I go, just go, go for it. Just send it, full send. That's not what this message is about. Organization and planning are not bad things. They're great things. But obedience is a good thing. This is an obedience message. This also isn't a message, hear me out here, to give you license to go without God. This isn't a license to go without God. Don't be a go junkie. Don't be like, I'm going to go there, I'm going to go there, I'm going to go there. And then you're wrapped up in all of this mess and you go, God, I, I was going for you. And God the whole time was like, you didn't, you didn't answer my invitation, you just wrote your own. And this isn't a message to warrant going just for the sake of avoidance either. So often we can use go as an excuse, it's not you, it's me, like, 
We can use go as an excuse to avoid or to move on, right? But here's the thing. At the end of the day, this is a simple message. When God says go, when God says go, we go. When God says it, we do it. You see, maybe you're sitting here today and you're hesitant to go because you don't know. See, there's dreams in this room. There's visions in this this room. Some of you have had a business idea on your heart and God is saying, pull the trigger, it's time to hit go. But you don't know. You don't know the details. You don't know how that works. You don't know how it happens. You don't know where to start. But God's saying, hit go. It's time to hit go. Some of us in this room want to reach out to people in our wells. But we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know when the right time is. We don't know where the right atmosphere is, the right environment. We don't know how we reach out, when we do that, where we do that. But God is saying, hit go. Hit go. See, some of us have even had visions and dreams of leading in church or serving in church or discipling others. But we're saying, I don't know if I'm able to do that. I don't know if I'm equipped to do that. I don't know if I'm the right person to do that. But God is saying, it is time, church, to hit go. It is time to hit go. Stop waiting for the details and hit go. You see, often with God, you won't get the details, but you will get an invitation. Can I remind you, amongst all the doubt, amongst all the confusion, if God has called you to go, he will direct you, he will lead you, he will empower you, and he will never leave you. So tonight, today, I'm getting mixed up, today, you may not know, but it is time to hit go. It is time to hit go. The second thing that we can learn is simply this, when we go, we grow. When we go, we grow. And I love what it says in Exodus, right? And there's this awesome exchange that happens between Moses and God and and the presence of God as a burning bush, right, that speaks over Moses, who he's called to become, what he's called to do, right? But here Moses in this moment, right, and I think so many of us have either had seasons or feel like we are like Moses in this. In, In Exodus chapter three, verse 11, it says, but Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Who am I to go? In Exodus chapter 4, literally the next chapter, Moses is talking to the Lord and says, Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. Then the Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and I'll teach you what to say. So in the first passage, Moses approaches the burning bush and says, who am I to go? In the next chapter, God speaks over him and he says, it's time to go. And and, and there's this weird exchange that happens because Moses sees himself a certain way and believes in himself a certain way, but God sees him a different way. And it's not because he goes, Moses, you know what, I'm going to send you off to TED Talk training. (laughs) You're going to be a great communicator. And then when you get to Pharaoh, oh, you're going to have points that rhyme. You're going to to rock up and he's going to be like, you know what, because you're so good at this speaking thing, take him. Take the Israelites. Go for it. After 430 years of slavery, because you have eloquent language, go for it. No, no, no. God speaks over him saying that you go and I'll grow you. You step out, you take the move. As you do that, I will grow you, I will teach you, I will lead you, I will show you, I will shape you, right? So when you step out, when you go, 
God will grow you. And I love what it says all throughout Exodus 7 through to 11, chapter 7 through to chapter 11. That is when things happen. That's when Moses approaches the Pharaoh with boldness and he speaks confidently to the Pharaoh. He unleashes the plagues and he sees his people set free after 430 years of slavery. So there's this thing that happens where Moses approaches God and he says, God, who am I to go? Then God turns around and he says, I'm going to equip you to go. And then as he takes those steps, God uses him and grows him. See, Exodus teaches us a really uh, powerful principle that when we are obedient to God's go, he will grow us. See, Moses went from having a speech impediment to speaking with authority and seeing a nation set free. See, Moses' miracle was attached to his go from God. Moses could speak with authority because that was his God-given go. That was his God-given go. What is your God-given go? What is your God-given go? See, God will grow you miraculously in the area that he assigns to you. Maybe you're sitting here and you're freaking out about what the Holy Spirit has been asking you to do, where the Holy Spirit's asked you to hit go. But know this, when you step out in obedience, God will change you, God will grow you, God will equip you, and God will provide for you. See, it's in your go from God that you'll have boldness to speak up. It's in your go from God that you'll have the anointing to see chains break. It's in your go from God that the heavenly favor on your life won't make sense. It's in your go that God equips you and grows you. In your go, you have the strength to endure the storms. In your go, you have the joy of the Lord. In your go, you have the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. See, don't fear the go, but be excited and expectant for how you will grow. Don't fear the go. I remember like a couple years ago, like I was saying, we started a coffee shop. It's called Wild Coffee. It's on Gloucester Street. The amount of people that get the name wrong... But it's Gloucester. It's, a, it's a, apparently an English thing, so that's why it's like that. Who knows? Fun fact for the day. Um, but we, we started this coffee shop. But the crazy story behind it is, one, we started it in the midst of COVID, and two, it was all on a go from God. It didn't make sense. It honestly did not make sense, but it was a go from God. I'd been working in a coffee roastery for three years prior to that, and, uh, and God had always had this, this dream, this vision on my life. And he said, Jordan, I want you to create a place where people can come in and encounter the love of God, but it not necessarily have to be a church. I was like, God, how are we meant to do that while I'm making coffees? <laughs> like, God, give me, give me the blueprint. Give me the game plan. What's meant to happen? <laughs> but, but God simply said, Go. And what was crazy was he said the same thing to my brother. He said, Tim, it's time to go. So we got rid of our full-time jobs. We dug into all of our savings, and uh, we went looking for a spot. We, we did some research. We worked out that Prospect was exactly where we wanted to be because of the demographic and all that kind of stuff. And, but the thing with Prospect was, like, there were no spots open for what we wanted to do. And any spot that was open was way too flippin' expensive, and so we're, we're looking and we're looking, and I had a save search on. And, uh, and so I'm looking, and then one day this, this, this place pops up, and it's a tiny little place, and uh, they kind of advertised it as like office space for like a, a little law firm or uh, admin sort of style stuff. And I was like, you know what? I reckon we could just pop a, like, pop a coffee shop in there. I reckon it would go all right. 
So my brother and I, we prayed about it. We went and had a look at it. And while we were there, we were dreaming. And we were like, oh, I reckon we'd put this there and we'll put that there and this there. Now, what I forgot to mention to you guys was that neither of us had a business degree. Neither of us were carpenters. Neither of us had any understanding of legalities. I've learned a lot. Don't worry. I pay my taxes. Um, <laughs> but we had no understanding what was going on. But it was all held onto God's go. And so three years later... We had moved in, things are happening, and we're about to clock over to, yeah, a three-year birthday in July, but God has done something significant in that place. We've seen people open their hearts. We've seen people talk to us that never have spoken to anyone else. We've seen like people walk through from the roughest of roughest situations, come in, feel loved, and join us every single day since. Every single day, we have hundreds of people walking through the door. And they're not hearing the gospel, but they're feeling the presence of God. We've had countless, can I tell you, we've had countless people walk in and say, there's something different about this place and I can't put my finger on it. And in that moment, I'm saying, it's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> this is an anointed house. This is an anointed place. And people don't understand. But, but I say all of that not to be like, look at us. But I say that purely based on the fact of that was all because of God's go. We can track it all the way back to God's go. We can't track it back to our skill, our talent, our understanding, our business degree. It's on God's go. You see, because of that go, because of the obedience, I've grown so much. See, my capacity to love has grown. My capacity to understand has grown. My capacity for the lost and my heart for the lost has grown. My proximity and my intimacy with the Holy Spirit has grown. See, when you go, you grow. So step out and watch the Holy Spirit grow you this year. He's going to grow you in ways that you never, ever would have expected. But let 2023 be the year that you hit go. Let it be the year that you hit go. And what I want to do is I want to wrap up on point three. So if Izzy, you could join me. Who loves Pastor Izzy? She's awesome. We're saying, to the, we're saying to the youth team the other night that um, our youth ministry has such an unfair advantage because we've got three youth pastors instead of one. It's amazing. It's so good. Anyway, we'll move on from youth ministry. I'll talk about that all day. Um, point three. So we've had, when you go, you often don't know. When you go, you grow. And the final point is when you go, you sow. When you go, you sow. See, there's this beautiful story in the book of John where this Samaritan lady at a well has an encounter with Jesus. And you may have heard this story multiple times, but, but there's some really beautiful things that I want to pinpoint here. And, and Jesus goes, in the heat of the day, Scripture says. So in other words, there was no one else around. This woman had specifically gone to this well for a specific reason. And that was, she didn't want to catch up with anyone. She didn't want to have chit-chat with anyone. She didn't want to catch up on the latest binge episodes of this and that. She wanted to be by herself. In fact, she was living in such shame that she decided that in the heat of the day, because no one else would be around, that's when I'll go. And so she's there, she's, she's grabbing water from this well, and she has this, this moment, this encounter with Jesus, and Jesus walks up to her, and they have this conversation, and it's crazy because she's talking about something, he's talking about something, and then it goes on to say in John 4, 16, Jesus told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Then Jesus drops an absolute zinger, and he goes, you are right when you say you have no husband. In fact, you've had five, and the man you are now with 
is not your husband. What you've just said is quite true. Jesus then goes on to reveal himself to this woman as the Messiah, as the Savior for mankind. How crazy is that? That that Jesus drops his absolute zinger, this truth bomb, and then reveals himself to her because her heart was ready to hear. I love it in verse 28, it goes on to say after they have a bit of a talk and and Jesus goes, I'm the Messiah. It's crazy. God's going to do some incredible things. It goes on to say, then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way towards him. In John 4:39, verse 41, this is what I want you to catch today. It says this, Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I, I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed for two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. So he talks about in verse 28 that the woman left her water jar to go back into the town. See, after an encounter with Jesus, the woman couldn't help but go and tell everyone about what had happened at the well. See, because the woman decided to go, she was able to sow. What did she sow, you might ask? She sowed the seed of the Word of God in her town. See, the people in her life saw such a radical change and such a shift in her life. Within moments, mind you, just remember that. They had this encounter. She goes back to town. She went to the well full of shame. She went back to the town free. So they see this radical change and this shift in her life, and they couldn't help but inquire about it and be intrigued by it. See, what radical changes would take place in our lives if we decided to go? Where could you sow if you decided to go? See, I'll tell you what would happen. If we were people that would step out and go, then God would do a work in the people around us. Friends would come to know Christ. Co-workers would be impacted by the Holy Spirit. Schools would see moves of God. And families would be radically changed and transformed forever. See, I remember um, there's this lady, and, and her story is awesome um, and means a lot to me. But she, uh, she was born in Victoria. No good. Now nah, she was born in Victoria, and, uh, and she traveled all around Australia with her parents and, and her siblings. And her parents were pastors, and, and their whole role was they would go to a town, mo- mostly regional towns, they would plant a church, grow the church, grow the leaders in that church, and once it was healthy enough, they would then depart to go plant another one. It's believed today that they planted over 20 churches in Australia, which is crazy. But back to the woman. So she was born in Victoria. She was, she was traveling around with her parents, with her family. Then she came to uh, this place called Adelaide, and uh, they decided, you know what, we might settle here for a bit. And so she decided to settle here. She got involved in her local church, and uh, she became a youth pastor at it. And, um, and then one day, she met this man at church while she was a youth pastor. She met this man at a church called Shiloh. And, uh, and she decided that she was going to marry this man. And so this man got down on one knee, proposed, they got engaged, they planned a wedding. And then after that, God spoke to them, you've got to go to Queensland. You've got to go to Queensland. So they decided they would pack up everything, move as a young couple over to Brisbane to follow the go from God. While they're there, they're doing Bible college, God's speaking, and, and all of a sudden God says, hey, I've, I've got a vision, I've got a dream for you to have. I want you to plant a church in the north side of Brisbane. 
And they were young and they were like, we don't understand what's going on, but we'll do it. And so they, they decided to step out and, and plant this church. And while they planted this church, they had a, a, a son. And then a couple of years later, they had another son. And so this, it's this, this guy, this girl and two sons. And their, their church is going well. It's nice and healthy. Things are good. And then out of the blue, the man decides to go and do something a little bit stupid. And it ends up breaking the woman's heart completely to the point where it breaks the marriage down. Now, the woman, she decides amongst all the heartbreak, amongst the depression, amongst the eating disorder, God, where are you calling me to go? Where are you calling me to hit go? And and God simply said to her, I want you to go back to Adelaide. And so she moved to Adelaide with absolutely nothing, just her two sons and a heartbreak. The three of them lived in a back room in her sister's house for about six months, and she couldn't even afford to pay school fees, so the sister paid the school fees. Then a couple months later, down the track, she gets this phone call, and it's her old boss from 15 years ago when she used to live in Adelaide, and, and he offers her her old job back. We're talking 15 years later. For some reason, this boss, in, in a moment, was like, oh, I've got to call this lady. I think she's back in Adelaide. Calls her, doesn't realize the extent of that invitation. She takes the job. It's enough money to start paying school fees. It's enough money to start renting a house. So they rent a house in, in Hillcrest, just north of Adelaide. And, and so they're there, and things are good, and things are happening. And then the boys... They, they were lovers of sport, right? So they didn't want to be a part of what she was doing. Week in, week out, she'd go to church without fail. She wouldn't miss a service, not on anyone's watch. She could be sick as a dog, but she'd, she'd pray in the morning that God would heal her, God would heal her, and she'd rock up to church every week to drag her boys along, right? And the boys didn't love it. They wanted to go and play sport. They wanted to play sport professionally, right? And so they're rocking up to church. They're not liking it. Then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit speaks to this lady and says, I I need you to go from this church and I need you to go here. I'm calling you here. I need you to hit go here. And none of it made sense in the moment. But she moves to this local church out north. And and so she's there and week in, week out, she's rocking up. Her two boys, they don't want to go, but they're, they're going because they love their mom. And, and so what's happening is, is they're rocking up week in, week out. The youth ministry starts in that church. The two boys go, oh, brother, another thing to go to. And so their mom says, no, nah, you're going to go to that youth ministry and you're going to love it. And so the, the oldest one, he decides to take the charge. And he goes, you know what, I'll, I'll rock up to youth. So he starts going to youth and he's there and, and there's, this, um, there's this ginger guy preaching one night about forgiveness. And, uh, and out of nowhere, this young man decides to give his heart to God. And then he goes home and he tells his mom, mom breaks down and then he, he tells his brother and he goes, you've got to come to this thing. Like God met me where I was at and, and all the stuff with, with dad, like God's slowly fixing it, but I love Jesus now. And so the older brother like brings his younger brother to youth and the younger brother, it takes a while because he's a stubborn one. And uh, he decides he's going to follow Jesus one day. And, and it's crazy that after all that, the church that they were at then offers this woman a position on staff as a pastor and she starts preaching and lives are being changed week in, week out. Salvation, week in, week out. 
in the youth ministry, her oldest son becomes a youth pastor and starts preaching and they see salvations week in, week out. The younger one, he starts connecting and discipling young boys from all the communities around him and they start seeing salvations week in, week out. And what is so crazy about this, you probably picked it up already, but that woman was my mother. My mom moved to Adelaide on a heartbreak with two boys and nothing in the bank account, all because of a go. And she didn't realize what she was sowing in that moment, but God knew what was going to happen. He knew what was going on. And so can I invite you today to say yes to God, say yes to the God. You don't know who's on the other side of you, your God. You don't know where you're going to sow. You don't know what's going on, but God will grow you. God will call you. God will equip you. He will anoint you. There is an anointing on the people of God who choose to go. You don't know who's on the other side of your go. I am grateful and I'm standing here today because my mum's go was sowing in my life. And this isn't, this isn't a message to be like, oh, if you sow, then life will be perfect. If you go, then everything will be sorted. This is a message saying, I don't know about you, but I just want to live a life of go. When God, you call me to go, I want to go. What I think is so beautiful about Genesis 12 as we finish up is, is God says go to Abram and it literally ends with, so Abram went. Would we be a church that when God said go, would you be a person that when God trusted you with a go, that you would go? I wanna be able to look back year on, year out and be able to be like, God said go, so I went. God said go, so I went. So what I want to do is to end is just with every head bowed in this place. We're going to go into worship in just a moment. But I want you to pray and, and speak to the Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit, where are you calling me to hit go? Where are you calling me to hit go? I may not know, but where are you asking me to hit go? Where are you asking me to hit go? Now with every head bowed, if, if there's something on your heart and you're saying, I feel the Holy Spirit's calling me to go, I would love it if you'd raise your hand on the count of three as a simple step of obedience to saying, God, I wanna draw a line in the sand right now and I wanna be a person that goes. And to many in the room, this is a massive thing because it means to go again. Maybe things didn't go right the first time, but it's time to go again. Maybe this is your first go with God. Maybe you've only had a couple of goes with God, but it's time to go again. So if that's you today, if you're saying, I want to be a person of go, can you raise your hand on the count of three? One, two, three. Awesome, 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 awesome. Father, right now you see every hand raised and 
It represents a heart that wants to be obedient to you. And so God, right now, I pray all across this room that you'd give people the courage, that you'd give people the boldness to step out, to make a difference, to see change, God. I pray, Father, that even though we don't know, I pray that would be people of go. Father, I pray over the lives around us, the worlds that we're in, God, that as we go, that we would sow. Father, I pray right now over the people that are lost in our worlds, God, whether it's family, whether it's co-workers, whether it's schoolmates or university friends, God. I pray, Father, that they would see the go and there would be something that reacts in their lives, something that reacts in their hearts because of the faith that it takes to step out. So God, you see the hands. I pray right now for the courage and the boldness to step out in the name of Jesus. Amen. Why don't you guys stand with me? We're going to worship for just a moment and really believe, stand firm that what God has spoken to you today, that it's time to go. It's time to actually step out into. Let us be people that go. Let us be people that are marked by go. Go and make disciples of all nations. Go and sin no more. Go, go, go. So let us be people of go. So why don't you close your eyes, raise your hands with me right now as we declare these words over our lives. Father, we love you, we believe for more, and we thank you that you are inviting us to a new season of Go.
near me. Just prophesy this over us, Hannah. Just sing that out. Just that line a few times. Come on, right now, just make this a cry of your heart today. Have your way in me, Lord. Have your way in me, Lord. from the right background or pedigree. We don't need to have the right education or experience to have this one thing that changes everything, a yes to the go of God in our lives. Father, I pray that You would look upon Your people today and that God, You would find a people who say, yes, we will go. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. God, give us a heart like Abram today, we pray. Father, that would have a heart that says yes. A heart that says yes. Father, I pray for dreams today that have been locked up by delays. Convictions that have been locked up by fear. Lord, in Jesus' Name today, I pray, let the go of God come alive in people's hearts again right now. In Jesus' Name, in Jesus' Name. I just see this picture just prophetically of some people today and it's like your foot's been hovering over the brake and the accelerator, you haven't known which one you're gonna go on. It's like there's a hesitancy. Like you come into the stoplight and you're not sure if it's if it's amber or it's green. Your foot's hovering over both. And I just see for some of you today, just during that message, your foot has gone off of the brake and it's about to hit the accelerator. And there's just like a yes in God, just to go after that, which is put in your heart. Just to go after that, which is said yes to in Jesus' Name just take that this morning. Hey, can we thank Pastor Jordan for an amazing word? That is so good, so good. But what a great day in the house of God. We are back next Sunday morning. Everyone say next Sunday morning for an amazing message. It's gonna be great to have Pastor Mark and Michelle back in the house. Have a great day, have a great Sunday. Be blessed and we'll see you soon.